This WBEZ podcast is supported by Ravinia, with over 100 concerts under the stars this summer, including Daryl Hall and Elvis Costello, Nora Jones with special guest Mavis Staples, the Beach Boys with special guest John Stamos, Shaggy and TLC, Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit, the Chicago Symphony Orchestra, and more. Their 30-acre park is nestled in a gently wooded area. Bring your own picnic or eat at one of the park restaurants. Tickets available now only at ravinia.org. Good afternoon. I'm Erin Allen, and this is The Rundown. Cowboy boots, barbecue sunflower seeds, Mardi Gras beads. It's a list of random items, yes, but they all have one thing in common. They're tax-exempt in different states across the U.S. But menstrual products, on the other hand, are still taxed in over half the country. Hundreds of millions of people have a period— like regularly. And we have to use these products if we want to, you know, participate in society for real. But when a topic like this is as taboo as it is, people don't want to talk about it. And then from a policy standpoint, it's an out of sight, out of mind situation. Why should folks have to pay sales tax for these essential products? And why doesn't anybody want to talk about this very common and natural experience? Big questions. Annabelle Rocha is here to help speak to them. She's one of the many people working to destigmatize periods and make the experience more equitable. Some of her work is in the realm of menstrual equity. In my own words, menstrual equity is just promoting the fact that anyone who has a period can do so safely and healthily, which comes down to not only providing product, but I think education overall and normalizing the topic in these conversations. Annabelle is a reporter and editor at the Illinois Latino News here in Chicago. And last year, she got a fellowship from the University of Southern California Annenberg Center for Health Journalism to explore the topic of period poverty. Before her fellowship, Annabelle had been reporting on a lot of other issues like housing co-ops and equitable education. So I wanted to know what inspired her to land on period poverty for the fellowship. Honestly, I didn't know exactly what I was going to pitch, but... I remembered um, a commercial that I had seen when I was younger that was showing young girls who couldn't go to school because they didn't have period products. Mm. And that commercial always stuck with me. I cannot find it today. So I don't know if it really exists. I made it up, (laughs) but that stuck with me. And I'm like, okay, let's see, you know, is that happening here? How can I talk about this? And so that kind of developed into the project that I've been working on now. Okay. So You partnered with WBEZ on a survey about period poverty as an issue, and it got more than 150 individual responses. Congratulations on that. Um, What are some of the main conclusions that you've drawn as you're looking through some of those survey responses? There's so many. I think one of the first things I, the very first thing I ask actually is, have you experienced period poverty? And in the very beginning of the survey, I define what that means because a lot of people don't know what that means. Mm -hmm. Um, So people will either answer yes or no. But then right under, I basically asked the same question, just worded a little bit differently. And I think to some people, it might seem redundant to do that. But I do it specifically because of the conclusion it drew, which is a lot of people are experiencing period poverty and they're not even aware of it. Interesting. Can I can I ask how you phrase the second question? I think I just asked something along the lines of, have you ever struggled to pay for period products? Oh, yeah. And so it's interesting to see how people answer those two questions differently. 
In the survey, you also asked about the tampon tax, which is something that hasn't existed in Illinois since 2016. But a lot of folks don't really know what that refers to. Um, it's not just tampons, right? Right. The tampon tax is a tax that's implemented onto any type of sanitary or personal hygiene item. So tampons, pads, anything of that sort. And it's interesting, I, even though, you know, as you mentioned, the tampon tax hasn't existed in Illinois since 2016. I wanted to ask about it because it goes back to education and I wanted to see how much people knew. And yeah, to your point, a lot of people don't know what it is. Anything else that surprised you or anything that surprised you at all about the survey responses? Another thing that surprised me, and maybe surprised isn't the right word because I can relate, mm. but just the negative word association that people associate with their period. So it was a lot of, I asked, you know, what do you associate with your period? It was a lot of pain, uncomfortable, bleeding, wow. stuff like that, which, yeah, like obviously your period is not necessarily the most comfortable thing. But it has just such a negative stigma associated with it. And that also leads to not wanting to talk about it. As you mentioned, you know, people don't really want to talk about their periods. I mean, for me, like I know I talk to my friends and family about it. I'll talk with strangers <laughs> about it if I know that they can relate. Right. If I know that they have periods themselves. Um, but, yeah, once you leave that comfort zone area, it's really a taboo topic. And I wonder for you, um, as you're doing your research, how does that impact the progress that can happen with this issue? Yeah, I think it's such an uncomfortable topic to bring up for a lot of people. One, because not everybody has that comfort zone. Like I can also go to my sister and my mom and talk about, complain about my period and, you know, whatever I'm going through, but not everybody has that. Some people are taught from a very young age that this is your problem. You don't talk about it with anybody. Um, so having that instilled in you at such an early age as you grow older and say you need a tampon or a pad because you don't have one, that's a very uncomfortable situation to be in if you don't feel comfortable to reach out to someone and say, I need help. Mm -hmm. That to me feels really connected to the taboo, right? You know, it's like people don't talk about it, then they don't want to talk about it, and then they don't know about it. And something that also comes up is the issue of gender. So, like, not everyone who has a period identifies as a woman and not everyone who identifies as a woman has a period. And I'm wondering how that comes up in your reporting. Yeah, I think that's been something I'm really trying to highlight through this project, just being inclusive of everyone who's affected because so many people are felt like they can't participate in this yeah. conversation because... They're not the typical woman or the typical person who bleeds. And that's not fair because that also leaves a huge portion of the population out. Um, and it prevents people who need help from getting help. Mm -hmm. I guess I'm just trying to normalize it for everyone. Like, even if you've never had a period in your life, this is something that affects someone you know, yes. the people around you, your neighbors, um, your family members. So there's no reason why we shouldn't all be talking about it or at least all be aware of it. Yeah. Any other interesting demographic things that, that came out or that you um, noticed with the survey? Another thing that I was interested, it might not be like this big shocker, but something I was really interested in uh, was looking into how people learn about periods for the first time. Mm. And for most people, that information did come from their mother. I want to say about 50% of people said their mother. There was a lot of people who said school. There was a lot of just like, I don't want to say random ways people learn, but a lot of times it was another family member, an aunt, a sister, a cousin. Um, a couple of people said the American Girl doll book that teaches you about your body. 
<laughs> Interesting. It's just making me think about sex education and how randomly people learn about things um, when it comes to their own bodies. Definitely, um, because I would say this is almost like an off branch of sex education because it has to do with the reproductive organs. And taking a step back, one of the other things that came out in the results of the survey is that people really want to know basic information. And that's something I want to look into going forward is what schools are teaching people and what they're required to teach how that forms how you understand your body. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, you know, you also said people just want general information about period products um, and about periods, which I wouldn't have thought, you know, because I think the assumption is that if you are in a body and you and your body like has a period, then you should know, (laughs) you know, which is just not the case. Definitely. And I think that goes back to the stigma, the taboos, and that can tie into culture. Right. So as a Latina, I would say tampons were very discouraged. And I actually wouldn't even say discouraged. They were just never really an option in my household. And that is the case for a lot of people I've spoken to. So while you would assume like you're a woman and you have a period, you should know about these things. That wasn't, that didn't happen until I was much older um, when I was able to purchase my own products. Mm. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that. Um, There's a lot of cultural things um, that come into play when you're talking about how to um, take care of yourself and take care of your body. Mm -hmm. So getting to the event that's coming up tomorrow, um, UNWBEZ partnered uh, to create this event, Period Poverty. There are three panelists, and I'm wondering if you could tell me who they are and what about them seemed like they were fit for the topic. So there was so many options, right? But I landed on these people specifically because the work they're doing here in Chicago is very important. So Ida Melby is the executive director of the Period Collective. And I've said it since the very beginning that they really are leading the menstrual equity movement here in Chicago. Um, They provide period products to other organizations who then turn around and give it to people in need. Um, And they just have like a really wide outreach. Mm. So I was like, how can I not include them? Um, Abigail Solomon is the co-founder of Blood Buds at UIC, which is a student-led organization working towards promoting menstrual equity on campus. And they also do a lot of work beyond. In general, I would say across the country, there's a lot of work being done on college campuses. Okay. So I wanted to kind of highlight their work and they're also doing a survey. So it's been interesting to kind of look at, you know, the questions that they're asking, what I've asked, and hopefully soon once that's done, kind of compare and contrast the results. And then Dr. Samina is also known as Gyno Girl on on social media. She's a gynecologist here in Chicago, but is also very passionate about teaching people about their bodies and does so in a way that really normalizes the conversation. And that's exactly what I'm looking to do. Um, So I thought it would be great to have someone kind of, I guess, contextualize. And so that's why we chose her. So the event is virtual and bilingual in Spanish and English. And that sounds really inclusive, which I'm seeing is on brand for this conversation. Can you talk about your plans to make this and future events like this more accessible? Yeah, I think there's so many ways to do that in ways that we don't necessarily think of. Um, So as someone who works in Latino media, it made sense to make it bilingual in Spanish. I wish I could do it bilingual in any other language, especially like if you think about Chicago, there's a lot of Polish speakers. So that would have been nice to do. Mm. Um, But also I think about making information accessible in a way that's understandable. 
So like when I first pitched this project, I pictured this like huge, like investigative work that I'm going to dig in and hold people accountable. <laughs> yeah. And I still want to do that. But as I went further into the reporting, I realized that like, I kind of have to start with the basics and build up upon that because people don't mm. really have a, a basic understanding of what this all means. And if people don't know what the hell I'm talking about, they're not going to care. Yeah. So I need to make people care by making people aware of the things that are going on every day for people. Um, so is there anything else you want to share about the survey or any of your reporting on this? I guess I'll just say I invite anyone and everyone to tune into the event. You don't have to experience a period firsthand to kind of take away with something from it, I think. I think that the topics will be general enough that everyone can learn something new. So, yeah, I'm just excited about it. And if anyone has any questions or wants to share their story, just feel free to reach out to me. Annabelle Rocha is a reporter and editor at the Illinois Latino News, and she's also a fellow with the University of Southern California Annenberg Center for Health Journalism. Annabelle, thank you for working on this and thank you for telling me about it. Thank you so much. This was a pleasure. I was nervous coming in, but I feel much more comfortable now. (laughs) Great. The Period Poverty Panel is tomorrow, January 31st at 6.30, and it's free on YouTube. You can register at wbez.org slash events. And if this conversation got your wheels turning or you know someone who would want to share their experience, the survey is still open. There's also a link for that at wbez.org slash events. And that's it for The Rundown. Thanks to Sam Deer and Justin Bull for producing this episode. And thanks to Ariel Van Clee for editing the show. And if you liked this episode and you want to stay in the loop on all the things I'm learning about Chicago, go ahead and hit the like or follow button wherever you get your podcasts. And if you have something you want to hear about on The Rundown, tell me about it. You can email therundownpod at wbez.org. That includes the the. The Rundown Pod at WBEZ.org. I'm Erin Allen. I'll talk to you tomorrow morning.